We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Tuesday, February the 2nd, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today is Groundhog Day. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Today on February 2nd, 1990, in a concession to South Africa's black majority, President F.W. de Klerk, he lifted a ban on the American National Congress and promised to free Nelson Mandela. Today in 1653, New Amsterdam, we know it as New York City, was incorporated. Today in 1876, the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs was formed in New York. Today in 1914, Charlie Chapman made his movie debut with a little comedy short film. It's called Making a Living. It was released by Keystone Film Company. Today in 1980, NBC News reported the FBI had conducted a sting operation targeting members of Congress. They used phony Arab businessmen in what became known as Abscam, a code name that was ultimately protested, angrily so, by Arab Americans. Ten years ago today, supporters of President Hosni Mubarak charged into Cairo's Central Square on horses and camels. It dominated the world news ten years ago today. They were brandishing whips while others rained firebombs from rooftops in what appeared to be an orchestrated assault against protesters trying to topple Egypt's leader of 30 years. I remember that very well. I followed it, in fact, quite closely on the news that day. It was dominating world news and world, particularly television, cable, and so on. It was an odd scene. It, it, it was different than what we normally see in these kinds of things. On the one hand, you had a sophisticated city, and here were people riding camels. It looked like 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago in the Middle East, riding camels with whips, even sticks. Some had were riding horses, but most of them were on camels. They were riding around 10 years ago in the town square trying to protect the leader while the other part of the city was trying to get rid of the leader. Not much has changed from the beginning of time to 10 years ago in Egypt to today in America. There is always some kind of revolution or some kind of unrest that's happening in the human experience. And the reason, the reason is because we are broken as individuals. That's why Jesus said there would be wars and rumors of wars. There will always be wars and rumors of wars because we are broken. We will not be complete until we were, we're with Jesus Christ in eternity. 
But now in this world, we have to deal with these things, and sometimes it's difficult. Groundhog Day, 2021. Robert Knight is uh, a great columnist, a great thinker. In fact, I think he's among the great thinkers of today, conservatives, conservatively speaking. He wrote an article today, and I want to share just part of it. They published it this morning. I want to share just part of that. He said the Democrats' impeachment scenario and conduct are right out of George Orwell's novel, 1984, in which a totalitarian regime's media manipulate people daily with scapegoating, misinformation, and stoking identity group grievances. It's a nightmare version of Groundhog Day. Former President Donald Trump will present his impeachment defense today, which also happens to be coming on Groundhog Day. In the 1993 movie starring Bill Murray, I I don't know if you ever saw that movie. My son and I saw that back in 1993. I didn't even know what it was about, but he, he was kind of a young kid then, and he kept saying, Dad, I, I got to go see that movie. I want to see that movie. So I said, well, I'll, I'll watch it with you. And um, I think most of you know what it is, but it's just that this guy wakes up every morning and nothing has changed. And he keeps reliving these so many minutes. That's what uh, that's what Knight is referring to here. And it's a good it's a good illustration. He says, is as in the 1993 movie starring Bill Murray, Democrats are locked in a time warp. Instead of repeatedly reliving a day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, however, they're in Washington, D.C. They're still trying to overturn the 2016 presidential election. He said, this is something they've been doing every day since January of 2017, even before. If you count the FBI's treachery in 2016 under President Obama. Anyway, as historians will eventually scribble, Democrats finally managed to count three million votes in Puxatawney alone to win Pennsylvania in the wee hours of November 4th, 2020. Securing the White House for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Or maybe it was four million. Robert Knight says, I lose track. He said, victorious Democrats now want to punish anyone who suggests the election was not squeaky clean. They mock anyone who inconveniently points out that affidavit-supported reports of vote fraud never got serious consideration. But just getting rid of Trump by any means possible isn't enough. The man must be utterly destroyed along with those who backed him. Public Broadcasting Service former Chief Counsel Michael Beller, Knight says, was caught on tape by Project Veritas musing about sending conservatives' children to re-education camps. California Democratic National Committee member David Atkins, he tweeted, How do you deprogram 75 million people? Where do you start? Fox? Facebook? We have to start thinking in terms of post-World War II Germany or Japan. Knight says Democrats first impeached Donald Trump in December of 2019 over a July phone call to Ukraine's president in which Mr. Trump asked about an actual scandal involving Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Then they impeached Mr. Trump again in January 13, 2021, charging him with a single article of incitement of insurrection over the January 6 Capitol Hill riot. The trial is slated for February 9. As per instructions from the Biden's Chinese Communist Masters, Hunter's business partners, 
Mr. Trump will have to wear a Mao's dunce hat during the entire proceeding. He's kidding here. He doesn't mean that. As for the Chinese, they're happy and getting happier. Biden has canceled the XL pipeline, making China the largest potential customer for Canada's tar sands oil. Conviction of Mr. Trump is unlikely, but the process must continue. The incitement charge is absurd, and Democrats know it, Knight says. They should all face impeachment for using colorful language like fight to energize their supporters. Democrats not only egged on violent protesters and deadly riots in dozens of American cities over six months, but when a Democrat mob in 2011 occupied Wisconsin's capital for three weeks and issued threats to Republicans, Nancy Pelosi called it, quote, an impressive show of democracy in action. In any case, the riot was disastrous, costing at least two lives and becoming a perfect excuse to justify communist-style shutdowns and censorship, such as big tech crushing parlor. But he said the Democrats' impeachment scenario and conduct are right out of 1984, the novel, George Orwell's novel, a totalitarian regime's media manipulate people daily with scapegoating, misinformation, and stoking identity group grievances. It's a nightmare version of Groundhog Day. Inhabitants of of, uh, fictional Oceania endure a daily ritual in which ruling party members vent their rage toward an opposition leader and the enemies of Big Brother. Everyone must perform the two minutes hate ritual, and it leads up to hate week. In our time, this function is carried out by CNN, MSNBC, and other major networks, and the Washington Post, and the New York Times. Their objections and their object of hate is, of course, Donald Trump. Americans who voted for him, whites, especially white males, Christians who hold to biblical morality and biblical teaching, our market-based economy, and America itself are also part of the target. The so-called journalists mine every vein of grievance possible, informing us that America is a terrible, racist land that will be healed only when white supremacy, and by implication Christianity, is wiped out in Mr. Trump is led away and changed. But he says, resistance is already building, and it can take many forms. I've not seen anyone riding camels into the city square of Seattle and Portland and New York and Baltimore and you know the, the places, but I've sure seen them rioting and burning and breaking while the Democrats and the, and the left stood by on the sidelines, starting out, and I've said this, probably a hundred times over the last number of months, but it's just, I still can hardly believe that she said this. But yes, Jenny Durkin, mayor of Seattle, called it a summer of love. That's how far out of touch and how brazen they are in their lies. And they're misleading. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Arizona, the largest county in the state, they've initiated an, what they call an in-depth audit of the 2020 election tabulation equipment. It starts today on Groundhog Day. <laughs> Maricopa County is going to get to the bottom of this, or they're at least going to show that they, they were right. Because I don't know if they're on camels or not. They're, they are in the desert, but people in Arizona are still pretty riled up 
about the last election. Because not only not only are the far-left people that are in charge of the country now denying that there was anything, anything out of the, out of the usual in this past election, they're punishing those who say there might be, or there is, if they say it publicly, and they're noticed. Chairman Jack Sellers, he's chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Elections, he says that he and the board are doing this because it's the right thing to do, to prove he and the board ran an honest election. Vice Chairman Bill Gates, not that Bill Gates, this is a different Bill Gates, but it's Bill Gates. Vice Chairman Bill Gates says we're doing the right thing at the right time in the right way. However, the comments from the board indicate that it's more about vindicating themselves than it is at getting to the truth about Dominion. And all these voting machines and all that, it, oh, it's so in the past, Gary, get over it because you guys lost and the, the religious right and all of these people lost and America voted, gave Joe a mandate and so on. Well, this isn't really about Trump. It's about America. And if Christians believe elections are rigged, many Christians are asking, should we even bother to vote? I want to talk about that today. We need to be informed, not misled. And I want to try to make you aware of what's happening in Arizona. And then I want to talk to you about whether Christians should even bother or not. Board Chairman Jack Sellers, he said Maricopa County elections were administered with integrity throughout 2020. He said that's a fact. He said multiple audits to date have proved as much. Multiple court rulings have occurred concurred. Yeah, he's right. All the audits taken said, yep, nothing happened. Everything's fine. All the courts said, yep, we agree. No, there's nothing here. What else have we got on our agenda? This Bill Gates, the vice chairman, he said the audit will be conducted in a way that safeguards private voter information and protects the investment made by county taxpayers in the tabulation equipment. I think he's saying, I don't know this man personally, but I think he's saying that they're going to prove that the millions of dollars they paid Dominion and SmartVote and some of the other programs that they're using there was a good investment. So, hey, everything's fine. They told us it was. They audited their own equipment. We're good. We didn't waste your money. I think that's what he's saying. He said, my hope is that the audit results will ensure the residents of Maricopa County have the same confidence in our elections that we have. They're going to get the same outcome, I'm certain. I'll be shocked if it, if it if I'm wrong, because they're going to go through the same drill. Dominion's going to cover their backside. The other people that created the programs, these are the same programs and the same machines that are used in Venezuela and elsewhere around the world. And that's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. My sense is that while this board may be sincere in wanting people to feel comfortable about voting, I'm sure they do. They don't want people riding camels into the town square in Phoenix or wherever with sticks beating on each other trying to overthrow their power base. Why would they want that? But why would this audit reveal anything different than the previous ones if part of the audit involves proving the voting machines that the public has invested in are safe? Of course they're going to prove that the voting machines are safe. They're set up to be rigged. I am totally convinced of that. And those of you who know me or have listened to this program over the years, you know that I don't 
get this far into these kinds of things because I know there are conspiracy theories out there that are not true. I know that. And I avoid those like the plague. But I will tell you, I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the last election was rigged, not because our guy lost, just because of all of the evidence that came out. So Trump lost. Let's move on. But if we have to face this every time there's an election going forward, what is it going to do to our country? And what is it going to do to our just faith in the system? It's going to destroy it. The globalists among us will celebrate. They'll rejoice. The board is promising that in addition to the software and malware tests, one firm will also perform a logic and accuracy test on the county's tabulation equipment to ensure it it accurately counted ballots and confirm that no vote switching occurred. This other guy, a District 2 supervisor there in Maricopa County, his name is Steve uh, Chukri. I think that's the way you pronounce it. He said, elections are the foundations of our democracy and the most important right we hold as Americans. It's paramount that the public has trusted our election systems and equipment. That's why I wholeheartedly support an audit to ensure this equipment is above reproach. Well, I I agree with him to a point, but America, as he calls it a democracy, is not really a democracy. We're actually a republic. If he would just take a couple of minutes off defending their equipment and maybe glance at a couple of founding documents, he would note better. It's not a democracy. It's a republic. But anyway, I agree. The voting integrity is foundational to our freedom, our way of life. Chairman Sellers says, while I'm confident in our staff and our equipment, not all residents are. This is a problem. That's a quote. (laughs) Well, that's also an understatement. It is a problem. The Arizona citizens will be left to sort it out when they're once again ensured that everything is just fine. We got to the bottom of this, folks, and yep, there were no problems. There was no no irregularities in the voting. Senator Josh Hawley is one who is very visibly and very loudly objecting to all of this. He's not from Arizona. He's from Missouri, but he's not convinced at all that everything is just fine in the last election. He said Sunday, he said, I think we need election reforms. I think we need to ban ballot harvesting. I think we need to take a hard look at how the mail-in balloting was administered in many of the states, including Pennsylvania, he said, which did not follow their own law. Puxatawney doesn't follow their own law? That's right. They didn't. Only the legislature in Pennsylvania, state legislature, can change the rules, but no, the election people changed the rules on the fly because things were not going as they had hoped they would on the vote counting. That's a fact. It's everybody knows it. They just did. The legislature in Pennsylvania didn't even, they didn't even uh, convene. (laughs) So they couldn't have passed a law to affirm what these guys did. They just did it. Hawley knows it. He's smart as a whip. He'll probably run for president. I hope he does. He says, Democrats are twisting the reasonable concerns of election fraud and the constitutional objection of the Electoral College certification. There's more, but Hawley is promising. He said, I'm not going to back down before a liberal mob. And this is costing him. 
He had a book coming out with an advance by Simon & Schuster, one of the large publishers in the, in the world, really. They canceled him, canceled this book because he was objecting to the last election. That's what's happening in our country. I don't see any of these people riding camels and beating each other with switches, but I can tell you there's a revolution in the market square in cities across America. With these kinds of reservations about election integrity, should Christians still vote in future elections if they believe the election process was rigged? I've had a number of people ask me about this. I mentioned it yesterday. I told you I'd be talking about this soon. Well, the short answer is yes, you should. And I want to take a few minutes this morning to tell you why. I personally believe that it's the duty and the responsibility of every Christian to vote and to vote for leaders who promote Christian principles. I did not say that we vote for the most pure, righteous person. But that is a starting place. If that is a possibility or an opportunity in an election, by all means vote for Christians, but they've got to be qualified and able to do their job. And if one isn't available, then you pick the person who you think, and you get, there's a bit of faith in that, but who you think will best stand for Judeo-Christian principles. I often say on this program, God is in control, and you've heard that, and so many of you in your notes to me say, hey, thank you for saying that. And boy, I believe that with all my heart. God is in control, and he is, but he doesn't mean that we should do nothing to further his will. The New Testament is full of directives, particularly from Jesus himself, telling us that we are, him, he himself, extended into our world, and every part of it, of course, First and foremost, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share it with the people that we have contact with and influence with. We're co- but we're commanded also to pray for our leaders. First Timothy, chapter chapter one, chapter two, exhort therefore that that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse two for kings and for all. We don't have kings. I mean, some of them think they are, but. We don't have kings. We have public servants. (laughs) For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. There's evidence in Scripture that God has been displeased with people's choices sometimes, politically. He cares about these things. In fact, Hosea chapter 8, verse 4 says, They have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I knew it not. Of their silver and their gold have they made them idols, that they may be cut off. God is recognizing the fact that people, then and now, make decisions that are contrary to his will. And they make those decisions by setting up kings, but not by me. Making princes that I knew not. God is very much involved in these kinds of things, and to think otherwise or to tell people otherwise, and, and some pastors do, is, is very much an error. Much of the suffering that we see in our world today is a result of godless leadership, dictators in third world countries, far left secular progressives in developed countries like our own. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 12 says, When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. 
But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. You go into seclusion. I've personally spent a great deal of time in third world countries, and I mention that from time to time. They're often oppressed and persecuted in ways that we can't even imagine for our faith. They line them up and kill them every week in China right now, not 40 years ago. And it's happening in other countries in the world. But for, for us here in America, we haven't seen that yet. But we're seeing a form of it now, not physically, but professionally. People are being removed and trashed, extinguished, canceled. To whom much is given, much is required. Much has been given to us here in America, and much is required. I think to the person who doesn't vote, they will give an account of themselves to God, just as they will in all of the other aspects of their life where, where God has given them a blessing, and they've refused to use it in the way that is productive and promotes the kingdom of God. We should strive to elect leaders who will themselves be led by God himself, our creator. If that's not a choice in an election, we should vote for the person whom we believe will best uphold those Judeo-Christian values and principles. Christians should vote as they're led by God's word, by personal prayer and being personally informed. On this program, we don't claim for one moment to be prophetically speaking every word that we say, but we do try to give you the word of God. We certainly offer prayers, but we are trying to inform you so that you can make those kinds of decisions. We can all make them together to the best of our ability. Our efforts can and do lead our nation toward righteousness, even in times like this when we have people sitting in the White House in the Oval Office that are claiming to be Christian, and yet they're denying the very power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about the president. Kamala Harris the same. One's a Catholic, one's a Protestant. It doesn't matter. Both are misleading the public. Sadly, many Christians and Americans don't vote. I was looking at something the other day about... Um, how many people... These are some of the most recent numbers I could find... Um, Mike Huckabee is chairman of this organization. It's called My Faith Votes. And I was looking on their website, and they're claiming that 90 million Christians in America are eligible to vote, but as many as 40 million fail to vote in presidential election cycles, and 15 million are not even registered to vote. If those numbers are even close to correct, that's unbelievable. But it's true. As Christians, we've got to stand up and fulfill our civic duties. Jesus was very clear about what he said and what he believed and what he wanted us to believe. He said, render unto Caesar, Matthew 22, 21, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. In regard to our culture, work as though it all depends on you. Pray as though it all depends on God because ultimately it does. But praying has action. He's given us the task to do. All we can humanly do, we must do. We're required to be faithful. There's an election coming up in less than two years now. <laughs> I think we need to get started. No, I think God wants us to vote. He wants us to be engaged in our culture. And to do otherwise is to not be completely obedient. Thanks for being with me today. Always a pleasure 
Thank you for your support. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.